seek him here, they seek him there. Those Frenchies seek him everywhere. Is he in heaven? Is he in hell? That damned elusive Pimpernel. Adventures of the Scarlet Pimpernel, starring Marius Goring as Sir Percy Blakeney. The last place in Paris, the citizen Chauvelin, his dread spies, might look for the Scarlet Pimpernel was the Cabaret de la Liberté. But uh, just in case, Tony Dewhurst and I had taken the precaution of dressing as a couple of French ruffians, typical patrons of the charming establishment. <laughs> I'll say one thing for you, Blakeney. You do take me to the most delightful place. <laughs> it is rather colourful, isn't it? Anyone in this place would cut a man's throat for a sou. Where should we sit? Oh, uh, for that bench over there, I think. Right beneath that poster? Yes. <laughs> Ten thousand francs reward for the Scarlet Pimpernel. Dead or alive, your most. How long have you been frequenting this charming establishment? Oh, every evening for the past fortnight. Because I... If only I could get my hands on it. Ah, good evening, Rato. Ah, good evening, citizen. If only I could Who's get... That? They call him Citizen Mary. Incidentally, these cutthroats know me as Citizen Rato. I heard him address you. Rato? I remember that. Better be careful about speaking English from now on. You think he overheard? Hardly. Not on this maelstrom of sound. I don't know. He's looking this way. Rather a searching look, too, I'd say. Oh, perhaps the poor chap is just thirsty. Let's find out. Citizen Mary. What do you wish, Citizen Rato? I would buy wine for another good companion. Ah, voila, I fail of such a thing. Ah, ah, I have the thirst of the devil himself. Citizen Mary, this is Citizen Ducal, a comrade from Le Mans. Citizen. Citizen. Shall I tell you what you were discussing before when I first entered, citizen? You overheard? It was not necessary to overhear. The Scarlet Pimpernel, eh? What of the Scarlet Pimpernel? Uh, you cannot fool me, citizen. You were daydreaming about the possibility of capturing him and uh, reaping the reward, were you not? Uh, yes, yes, of course. <laughs> well, very clever of you to know that, Mary. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not a fool. You were looking up at the reward poster. He does tempt dreams. The glory of catching the rascal and the 10,000 francs when his cursed English head drops into the lap of Madame Guillotine. Uh, citizen Chauvelin is not too generous with his offer. Not when one considers how many times the Pimpernel has been trapped and then poof, the trap is empty. You are right. Uh, I and a few chosen friends might collect a much greater reward for a much simpler task. And catching the Pimpernel. If you or comrades would consider 50,000 francs each. Such a son, dear Mary, could only come from some association with an aristocrat. Ah, I, I see the light of interest in your eyes. You most certainly do. Does this plan of yours concern an aristo? Oui. Uh, one could not realize such a sum merely by denouncing an aristo and providing another head for the guillotine. I have a much more appealing plan, both for myself and the aristo. It does not concern the guillotine. You would help this aristo escape? Mm. For uh, certain considerations? 
I have told you the extent to which you might share. Are you interested? It sounds treasonable. We must not judge, citizen Mary Comrade. Not with such a reward in prospect. After all, even in the New Republic, one must uh, be an opportunist. Eh, Mary? Uh, I thought you would see it that way, Rato. <laughs> a man who acquires gold coins as frequently as you do. Now, tell us your plan. Who is the Aristo? You have heard of the Duchess Marguerite Satan? <laughs> I felt myself tense, and I grasped Tony's forearm just in time to stop an involuntary reaction. The Duchesse Marguerite Saint-Anne, a legendary beauty. For months we'd been searching for some sign of her, some way to reach her, and help her escape to the safety of England. But she seemed to have vanished. You know where the woman is, citizen? I have uh, a way of learning her whereabouts. You are certain? Yes. How? A coachman who used to serve her lives in Rue Berthier. He knows her whereabouts. And he will tell you? No, no. He is loyal to her. <laughs> but like us, he's also an opportunist. He might change his mind or views for consideration. For how much? 500 francs. You uh, could produce that sum, Citizen Rato? I might. When you find the woman, Citizen Mary, what then? Ransom? No, no, no. She has no money here. But in England, a fortune... Cash and jewels that she cleverly transferred to friends there before our glorious republic was born with the overthrows of the Aristos. You seem very well informed, Citizen Mary. I am. But how do you expect to benefit if her money is in England? I will go there with her, comrade. And when you get there, suppose she refuses to pay your blackmail. She will pay all right. That is the master part of my plan. The part that ensures me... And saved her head from the guillotine. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> it is simple, comrade. I am not attractive. Uh, but neither is the guillotine. I will give the lady safe conduct. If she will marry me. Marry you? Easy, comrade. Citizen Mary is indeed clever. Uh, you like my plan, huh? For 50,000 francs? <laughs> I like it. Take us to the coachman, Mary. Oh, do you take me for a fool, citizen? You said you know where to find him. Oui, oui, but this knowledge I keep to myself. You merely supply the 500 francs. What assurance do we have that you will deal fairly with us? Oh, have no fear. I will not mind paying you. Even without money, this woman would still appeal to me. Oh, a beautiful Aristo. Oh, I saw her often enough with her head held high. She will humble herself before citizen Mary, though, comrade... She will learn to obey this husband. A delightful bargain. Yes. Are we agreed? Here. Five hundred in gold. Do not move. I will slip it into your pocket. <laughs> you are a man of action, Rato. You will not regret our bargain. Let me have your hand on that, Mary. Done, citizen. The grasp of partners. You, you, you hold my hand very tightly, Rato. Do I? You are hurting me. Really, citizen? I, I beg you, please, let go. Very well. Oh, <laughs> my fingers almost crushed the bone. Why? Just so you would remember our bargain, citizen. When you get the woman, when you are ready to take her from Paris, we go with you. I agree. You, you did not have to break my hand. Have no fear, citizen. It will not happen again unless you forget the bargain. Then you shall feel my hands again. 
on your throat. You understand? I, I, I understand. The scoundrel slipped out into the night, rubbing his crushed hands. But Tony and I followed. Mary led us to a walled house in the Rue Bertier. We went in through the gate, and a few seconds later, we scaled the wall and dropped into the shrubs of a small overlush garden, then made our way toward the dark gray of the house. Behind one heavily curtained window, there was the faint gleam of a lantern. We crept up to it. Be cautious, Blakeney. Leave the caution to them. Here's the window. Can you see anything? Mary's in there, all right. I can see the legs of another man. Must be seated in the corner of the room. There. He's getting up. Look. Yes. It's the Duchess's coachman, all right. I saw him once before. There's the money being passed. <laughs> he is betraying her right enough for Judas. Let's join the gentleman. Stand back a bit while I kick in the window. Right. All right, comrade. Do not move. Otto, what is the meaning of this? I prefer to get my information first-hand. You, coachman, where is your former mistress, the Duchess Marguerite? I, I don't know. Uh, yes, I... She has gone, Otto. He, he no longer knows. Is that why you gave him the money? Yes. Tell me quickly, coachman, or I'll snap your neck as though you were guillotined. Please, do not harm me. She, she is... What is that? into the courtyard surrounding the house. As a few of them tried to press their way through the window I had broken, I picked up Silas and Levy and hurled him at them bodily. They staggered back under the impact. The coachman is gone. He's run for it. Right into that arms, I'll wager. Let's get out of here. How? Oh. Grab one of the lanterns. Head to the other part of the house. Right. Come on, there's a stairway back here. Soldiers are trying to smash the front door. Will we be trapped up here? No. I spotted a large tree at the back of the house outside the garden wall. The upper branches touch the attic of the house if we can find the window. There goes the door. They'll be coming up after us. Then they'll be coming through fire. Throw the lantern down the stairs. Good thought. Here goes. Excellent shot. Come on, through this door. This house is old, Blakey. It's going up like tinder. Well, we're not going up with it. There's our window. All right, Tony. You first. Quite a jump to that branch, but here goes. Tony made his leap. And I was just a shade behind him. We scrambled quickly to the ground outside the wall and hugged the protecting shadows, tinged with orange, from the flickering flames of the house that so suddenly vacated. She's really burning. What now? Well, this fire will attract a good-sized crowd around the courtyard gate. Look, lanterns are being lit in other houses. We'd better get out of here. We can't. Why not? Those soldiers had information about the Duchesse Marguerite Saint-Anne, just as Mary did. They were after that coachman, too. Well, if they have him, and they must... He'll tell her whereabouts to save his own skin. Then we've got to get that coachman away from them. Yes. And we're going to have to gamble to do it. Look, you you know where to round up the rest of the league? Yes. Fuchs poses as a flour merchant in the Rue Matignon. And Harding begs near the Porte Montmartre. And Kunstadt is a clerk right within the police barracks in the Place Pigalle. 
But the others are in or around the Richelieu Inn. I'll find them. Well, do it quickly. Now, once you round them up, go immediately to the old house we've used as a hideout in the Rue Robert. Secrete yourselves and wait until I bring the soldiers and the coachman with me. What? How the devil do you expect to accomplish that? Quite simply, old boy. <laughs> I'm going to walk up and invite them. You're going to let Mary see and identify you? Why not? It's mad, Miss Blakeney. Not if it works. Look, this fire will keep them here for a while. Go at once. I should be able to give you a half-hour start, and perhaps I can delay another half-hour with them. Just you make certain that the League is in the old house on the Rue Robert within the hour. Tony slipped through the gathering crowd and was gone. I waited, counting each minute, until the fire burned to embers and the soldiers seemed ready to leave. Then I pushed my way forward to where an officer held Mary and the coachman. Mary's eyes grew wide as he saw me. Then he pointed to me and screamed. There he is! There is the man I told you of! He's that man! I was but this moment attracted by the crowd and the fire as I was walking. He lies! I tell you he was within the house with me! Ask the coachman! Coachman, is this the truth? Yes. He burst in upon us as citizen Mary and I were planning to deliver the Duchess Marguerite Sadin into the hands of the Republic. What a lie! I swear it. I was not within this house with them. I have not even seen citizen Mary for, for three days. He was with me this very evening at the Cabaret de la Liberté. A score of citizens saw us there. But that is impossible. I tell you, for the past three days, until an hour ago, I have kept myself locked within my own quarters. A very strange alibi, citizen. Why would you lock yourself up so? Because I was paid to do so. Paid to do so? Oui. Even now I should be there. But I was stifling. I ventured out for a walk in the night air. What? How can you tell such a fantastic story? But it is true. Who would pay you for such a ridiculous thing? And why? Citizen, would you question a man's reason for paying you a gold coin each day simply for remaining in confinement? Who paid you such a sum? Some stupid English aristocrat. Oh. Oh, mon Dieu, what have I done? What is it, citizen? Speak up. No, no. It could not be. What are you up to, Rato? Uh-huh. He said he was playing a joke on some friends. I did not think of. He imitated my voice to perfection, made himself look as I do, dressed as I do. And even Mary could not tell the difference between us. An Englishman dressed as you? Oh, it could only be one. The Scarlet Pimpernel. I did not know. How could I know? That will not matter when your head rolls under the guillotine for aiding him. You are under arrest. In the name of the Republic. No, do you want me to die? I beg you, citizen officer, give me a chance. A chance for me and glory for yourself. Glory? I can lead you to him. What? I know where the Englishman hides. I followed him one night. What? I swear it. Come with me. Bring Mary and the coachman to identify the man who falsely poses as Rato. Yes. And I swear, I will show you the Scarlet Pimpernel. The officer hesitated for a fleeting moment. But lured the reward and personal glory brought the hard lines of avarice into his face. He barked a command to his squad, and we started the march toward the Rue Robert. The house was in darkness when we entered. If Tony and the other members of the League of the Scarlet Pimpernel had arrived, they were well hidden. All right, Citizen Watteau. My men are ready. For your sake, I hope the Pimpernel is in our trap. <laughs> I assure you. 
You may find yourself face to face with him at any moment. You seem very gay for a man who may die. And you seem very grim for one who may not. Huh? I said, uh, we should go down that stair. He sleeps in the wine cellar. If you and your men slip down quietly, you may take him by surprise. We will slip down quietly, citizen. Never fear. And to ensure that, you too will be quiet. You will go before me with my pistol in your back. I felt the hard muzzle of his pistol against my spine. He pushed me silently toward the stairs, and we started the descent. At the bottom, the soldiers moved cautiously about in the darkness. It seemed an empty darkness. But if Tony and the others were there, the first sign of action would trip the trigger of the gun being held against me. I had to gamble for my life. I fell suddenly to my knees, and the officer tripped over me as the pistol blasted through his ears. I was upon him like a cat as the rest of the League of the Scarlet Pimpernel came to life and the battle began. Top notch. Leave the fight to the others. Mary and the coachman are upstairs with two guards. Let's get them. Right. Stairs are this way. If you had moved down there without a signal from me, the league would have been in the market for a new leader. That's why I always wait, especially in the dark. Guards up here have probably heard that row down below. They may have both. Well, we'll soon know. They should be just outside the front door. Good heavens, Blakeney. Look. <laughs> There were three men there, the coachman and two of the guards. But they were lying on the ground in grotesque heaps. Mary was nowhere in sight. With one thought, Tony and I sprang to the side of the stricken coachman. Even as I raised his head, his eyes were growing dull and fixed. Mary, Mary did it. How, ma'am? Knife. Soldiers heard something from the house. They turned their backs on us. Mary. Did you tell Mary where the Duchess is hiding? We... I did not mean to betray her, but hunger can be stronger than honor. Tell me where she is. You must tell me. The basement of 25 Rugilia. She she poses as a seamstress. Good man. All right, Tony. Take him. But I'm going with you. Not now. Stay and see that nobody comes out of that building except our own men. Have the others bound. Take any official passes you can find on the officer in charge... We'll need them later to get our charge out of Paris. Where will I meet you? At Calais. Later. I'll send the lady to you. Get a flower cart for the cover and meet her at the beginning of the Rue de Rivoli. Leave by the gate to Le Mans. Then circle outside the city and take her to the coast. You know where the ship lies. Good luck. Why can't you come too? Because I have a score to settle with a man with a knife. Citizen Mary. I raced through the street towards Rue Guillard and found the house where the Duchess was in hiding. I crouched against the side of the building and peered through a small crack in the basement window. Citizen Mary had arrived first. I could see him leering at a beautiful and proud but terror-stricken woman. I offer you freedom from the guillotine, mademoiselle. I would not marry such as you. I will give you a chance to reconsider after we are out of Paris. I have horses waiting at the rear of the house. Unless you wish me to call the soldiers, dress for travel, and come out within five minutes. Mary left by the only door, leading to the rear of the house. 
As the frightened woman stared after him, I pushed the window open and dropped into the room. Do not cry out, Duchess. I'm here to help you. I've just had an offer of help from another such as you. Not quite as I, dear girl, and my offer is less involved. You are not a French commoner. No. <laughs> Rather English, to be truthful. The Scarlet Pimpernel. I, I seem to know you. We danced together once when you visited my country. A birthday party for the Prince of Wales. But in your disguise, I, I do not recognize Which you. Which is as it should be. Even though we dance there again one day, and I hope we will, soon. Now you must trust me. Do as I say. But a ruffian waits outside the door. I know. I'll handle him. As soon as I give you certain instructions, you will leave by the window through which I so rudely entered, join my men, they'll see you to safety. The beast who waits for me also offered safety, but at a horrible price. Don't worry about him. He shall have both his price and his bride. <laughs> I instructed her about the rendezvous, helped her through the window, and saw her slip into the night. Then I took a woman's cloak and threw a shawl over my head and went out through the rear of the house where Mary waited. Ah, so, you have changed your mind, pretty one. <laughs> Being the bride of citizen Mary will not be so bad, eh? That all depends on who you expect the bride to be, Citizen Mary. Who are you? You knew me as Citizen Ratto. Others call me the Scarlet Pimpernel. Pimpernel? Your bride is waiting, Mary. They call her Madame Death. Madame Death, eh? Perhaps, monsieur, she waits for you. The moon glinted on the night as she sprang from me. I slipped the cloak from my shoulders and we clashed together. His foul breath came hoarse and evil as we struggled for the knife. I'm going to kill you, monsieur. You seem to forget we shook hands before without a knife, but you... It's your knife. Too bad you can't let go of it. Mary... Perhaps among the dead, you'll find what you never found with the living. Liberty, equality, fraternity. My dear Duchess, I'm getting so frightfully bored with our dancing. You did anything new over in Paris? I'm afraid aristocrats are doing very little dancing in France these days, Sir Percy. Things are rather different from the way they are here in London. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> you must pardon me. It all seems so far away, you know, such a, such a nuisance. Had quite a trying time escaping from there, didn't you? I never would have. It hadn't been for... Uh, yes? A man, Sir Percy. A man like no other man. The Scarlet Pimpernel. Oh, bother the Scarlet Pimpernel. Is that why you've been looking about so while we've been dancing? Yes. He might even be here, but nobody seems to look as I know he would look. Oh, isn't that a shame? 